Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello again. So thankful that you are listening today to this broadcast. And let's dive right into the heart of the matter. We are talking about a wonderful subject about preventative grace. And I would like you to listen also to my previous broadcast where we set the backdrop for the message today. But you can also just listen to this message today and it will do you well. I believe it is a special word of the Lord for those that are on the verge of saying something, doing something, and maybe you feel so in your right to do it, to say it, but the Lord is giving this message to withhold you, to hold you back. Don't do it. Don't say it. Wait for me. Give your matter into my hand and I will take care of you. Don't commit that sin. Sometimes, even though we feel so in our right to say something or to do something, we could commit a sin by doing it. Not everything that you have a right to do is right for you to do. Let me say that again. Not everything you feel in your right to do is right for you to do. Oh, sometimes the Lord is there with his preventative grace to keep you from committing some kind of a sin that at that moment, because of your disappointment, pain, your hurt, or your anger and bitterness, you don't feel you're committing a sin because you feel you're in your right to do so. And maybe you are in your right to do so. I found out in my life, sometimes I had the right, according to man at least, to say something or to do something, but it was not right in the eyes of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that the Lord, he was there with preventative grace to keep me from doing something that would have come back to me. Oh, the day of reckoning would have come and the day would have come that I had to pay the price for it or it would have come to my children that they would have to pay the price for it. But hallelujah, the Lord was there. We set the backdrop that David was treated as an outlaw and he was fleeing for Saul. He was hiding for Saul in the desert and in the caves. And there were 600 men that were with him. Also people that had left society and they had chosen to follow David. Maybe something happened to them. They were not the easiest of people. Maybe they were people that also were broken down or had problems in their life. And somehow they thought to build a better future with David, that acknowledged David, that he was already their king, even though Saul was still king. And so they were following David and they were faithful to David. But David never wanted to come into opposition of Saul. He never wanted to oppose Saul because he always treated Saul as the anointed one, the appointed one of the Lord. And so there's such important lesson here. So many times I've seen people take matters into their own hand because they also are anointed or they also have a calling. They have been chosen for a work. And so they stand up against the one that God has put over them. And this can be so wrong. And I've seen so many lose their ministry and lose so much more because they took that position against the anointed one of the Lord. And so David, he didn't want to do this. And he didn't want his men to fight Saul. So he had to find something else for them to do as they treated him and his men as outlaws. And so one of the things he found to do for his men is they would stand around the shepherds 
and they would protect the shepherds and the flocks. And so they were protecting a certain main shepherd called Nabal, and the shepherds, they felt the man of David as a fire around them, as a wall around them, keeping them from harm. No thief could enter and steal some of the sheep or steal the flock or kill the flock. They were just there as a wall of protection around the shepherds and around the flocks of Nabal. And the day came of celebration that the shepherds went to share the sheep, and that would be a great celebration and They would have a party and they would have lots of food and eat and drink and just thank the Lord for everything, for the protection, etc., etc. So David, when he heard that they had come, he sent a few of his men to Nabal and they said, Nabal, uh, it's uh, so wonderful, Nabal, that you have this great day of celebration with the shepherds. And so you know that we have protected you and the flock. You didn't lose anything And because of this, you had great advantage and there was a great uh, uh, reward there for you that you didn't lose any of the sheep, you didn't lose any of your men and you didn't have to fight there. There was peace there and we were there protecting you. So maybe it's good, Nabal, you give a gift to us and give something that you have in your house and just bless us for doing this. But Nabal, he answered in a brute way. This man was not a kind man. It even says in the scripture, he was not a kind man. He was a rude man. And he answered David, the servants of David, and he said, you tell David, who is David? And this is verse 10 and 11 of chapter 25 of 1 Samuel. And Nabal said, who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? So he knew very well who David was, uh, that he was the son of Jesse. And he said, there are many servants today, each of whom is breaking away from his master. So should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my sharers and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? He said something, I tell you, that hit the heart of David. It pierced the heart of David. David did not stand up against Saul. He did not break away because he wanted to build his own kingdom. No, he was fleeing because Saul kicked him out, wanted to murder him, was after him to kill him and his men. And so David, he was fleeing, even though David a few times had the power and the position to kill Saul, that his own men said, listen, this is the day of the Lord. He has put Saul into your hands. Oh, just thrust your sword through the heart of Saul, and then all of the land will see that you are the rightful king. And David said, no, God forbid me to do something like that. And they said, well, David, we understand. We understand. You just go out of the cave and we will do it for you. Then your hands will stay clean. And he said, no, I won't even allow you to do it. I'm keeping you from doing this. I've seen many people that in these kind of temptations, they say, okay, then you do it, but don't let me know, you know, and they wink their eye but they, they, they very well know what is happening. But David said, no, I won't even allow you to do this. How can I allow you to touch the anointed of the Lord? No, I will not allow it. And so we see the heart of David. And here Nabal, he accuses David and says, you have run away, broken away from your master. And so, so this, this aroused the anger of David. And I can understand it. If you, if you read the story, 
and put yourself in the position of David. Maybe you can understand what he was feeling and what he was going through. So David, he says to his men, get your sword. Come on, let's go to Nabal. And I tell you, oh, the Lord is my witness. I will kill them all and nothing will be left alive in the house of Nabal for what he has said and done against me. This this is unbelievable that we have been so kind to him. We have been so good to him. It's very normal that he would bless us. I didn't even ask for much, but that he says these words against me. I tell you, he's an evil man. He's a rude man. And he said, let's go to that house and we will destroy it. And he took 400 of the 600 men, 200 he left behind, and he went towards Nabal. But the servants of Nabal, when they heard and saw everything that was happening, they quickly went to Abigail, the wife of Nabal, and they told Abigail everything. And she said, what a fool. Yes, literally, it says, what a fool who has done such a stupid thing that he has done this to David. And so quickly she saddles the donkey and she gets all these gifts together of all different kinds of foods. And she goes towards David to meet David. And when she's on her way, David comes towards her and she gets off her donkey and she kneels down before him. And she says, forgive me, forgive me, David. Oh, let all this sin be upon me. Let's read it in verse 28. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a secure and enduring house because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord and evil will not be found in you all your days. Oh, what a wonderful, powerful story we have here as an example for us today, how to react in all these situations. David was aroused to anger. He was on his way with 400 men with weapons, with swords in their hands to kill the house of Nabal and everyone that was there. But Abigail, she stood there in between angry David and his men who had swords in their hands and Nabal, her foolish husband who had done such a stupid thing and the household of Nabal. And she kneeled down and you know, she did a wonderful thing. She said, oh, just, just count it to me, David. Just, just don't, my husband, he's a fool who did a stupid thing, but you know, I should have done something. I should have done something, but I didn't know, and I couldn't prevent him from doing this. But, but please, oh, just count it unto me for doing this awful thing. It, it was a foolish thing. It was a stupid thing. But she did something more than that. She reminded David of his future. She said, I know that you will be a great king. Oh, God has given you the kingdom. You will be a great king and your kingdom will go to your sons. But David, you don't want to do something now, something stupid and foolish that will follow you. And later on, when God has given you the kingdom and you're sitting on the throne and you're so happy and so blessed that God has given you the kingdom, that he has dealt with your enemies, that he has blessed you, but suddenly that voice will come in your conscience and you will start to think back how you took innocent blood, how you took matters into your own hands when Nabal treated you badly and rudely. Oh, Nabal, he did a foolish thing. But my king, oh my Lord, if you will kill him and his house, then guilt will come upon you. You will commit a sin of shedding innocent blood and that blood will be upon you and maybe you forget it, but there will come a time in the future 
when you will sit on your throne that God has given you as he has dealt with all your enemies. But this will be a stain on your kingdom. This will be a stain on your life. This will be a stain on your seed, on your children, on your heritage. That there was that moment that you were aroused in anger and you took matters into your own hands. David, don't do it. You're leaving Saul in the hand of God. You're leaving your other enemies in the hands of the Lord. Also leave Nabal in the hand of the Lord. And don't commit this sin of putting it in your own hand, taking matters into your own hand, shedding innocent blood, and let it be a stain on your kingdom. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful example for you and for me today. Maybe there are so many things in your life that you have surrendered to the Lord, that you did not fight back. You did not say anything back. Oh, you have given all your enemies in the hands of the Lord. But today there is something nagging you. There is something, oh, that aroused you to anger. There is some hurt and some pain in your life that now you feel so at right to take matters into your hand and to do something. You want to call some neighbor, some friend. You want to do something against that that other person or against the church or against that pastor or against that friend or family or etc. etc. But the Lord is speaking to you today through this message and he wants to give you preventative grace. He wants to prevent you from doing those things and letting it become a stain on your future life. Oh, she said, David, the Lord will make you king. And Lord, you have always fought the battles of the Lord. She says here, you have always fought. You are always fighting the battles of the Lord. And it kind of has a question mark there. David, is this a battle of the Lord? Is this a battle that the Lord is leading you in? Did he tell you to go? Did he tell you to kill Nabal and his household? Is it the Lord who is sending you? Did the Lord put that enemy in your hand right now? And did he tell you to put your sword to the heart of Nabal and to the heart of the household and to shed that blood? Is it the Lord, David, or is this your battle? Are you fighting for your honor, for your pride? Are you fighting because you are angry? Are you fighting because you are hurt? Oh, my friend, so many times we can fight and we can even use scriptures And we can feel so in our right. But again, I want to say not everything that is in your right to do is right to do. Maybe you feel in your right because you're hurt and because you are angry. But the question today is, is this the battle that the Lord is leading you in? Is he telling you to do this? Is he telling you to go? Is he telling you to say? Is he telling you to take matters into your hand? If not so. Let the grace of the Lord speak to your heart right now as the Lord is saying, don't take this matter into your hand. Oh, haven't I always taken care of you? Am I not dealing with your enemies? Will I not revenge you? Will I not exalt you in due time? Submit to the mighty hand of God and I will uplift you and I will glorify you in due time. Oh, my dear friend, David, he answers and he says to Abigail, He says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to meet me this day. And blessed be your discretion and discernment. And blessed be you who has kept me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself by my own hand. Nevertheless, 
as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has prevented me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, most certainly by the morning light, there would not have been left to Nabal so much as one male. So David accepted what she had brought to him and said to her, Go up to your house in peace. See, I have listened to you and have granted your request. Verse 32 up to 35. Oh, how wonderful, my friend. Oh, David, he did not take Abigail's words as words that came from Abigail, but he said, Praise be to the Lord who sent you to me. This is a message of the Lord. He is using you as a channel, as an instrument to keep me from bloodshed, to keep me from doing something that would have become a stain on my future reign. Oh, thank you, Abigail. Oh, I want to thank you for doing this. I want to thank you, Abigail, for taking that position that took courage. Oh, that took wisdom. Thank you for doing it in such a right way. But Praise be to the Lord. I acknowledge him. He is doing this. And so I also believe today that this is not just John speaking from his mind or his heart, but it is the Lord who is ministering to you today, saying to you, oh, don't let your anger arouse you to do something that you will regret later. Don't let your hurt and pain arouse you to do something that you will regret later. But today, listen, the Lord is telling you, He's saying, put that matter into my hand. David, he listened to Abigail. He listened to the Lord, I should say. And he left the matter in the hands of the Lord. And he left, he went away. And it says, 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. And Abigail became the wife of David. It has a wonderful ending there for all people. But I want to tell you, the Lord wants to give you a happy ending too. If you will just place the matters of your life into his hand. So let this message be something for you today, but maybe it's something for you to be reminded of in the future, as maybe some moment in time you want to do something and take matters into your hand, but the Lord will remind you of this message and say, don't do it, don't do it. You have left so many things in my hands and I've always taken care of you. Don't fight your own battles. Don't fight for your own glory and honor. Fight my battles and I will fight your battles. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that how it always goes? Even in the Bible, as it does today, that as we fight the battles of the Lord, he fights our battles for us, and he will take care of us, and he will justify us. So you have to learn to keep your mouth shut sometimes. You have to learn to wait upon the Lord. You have to learn to see your enemy walk around, and you cannot do anything against it, but you say, Lord, it's in your hands. I forgive them, I leave it in your hand, and I know you will justify me, you will glorify me, you will bless me because you are with me. Lord, I pray for those that are listening to this message today. Maybe they are on the verge of doing something that they feel in their right to do, but yet it's not right to do it in your eyes. Oh, Lord, let us not listen to the counsel of people who maybe tell us, oh, you should stand up for yourself. Oh, the Lord has given this matter into your hand. But say, Lord, no, I will not take it in my hand. I will listen to you and to your word, and I will let this preventative grace work in my life, and I give this matter, I give these people, I give this situation into your hand, and I know you will take care of it, and you will bless me for it. Lord, help me to let go. Help me, Lord that my anger will come down and that there will come peace and rest in my mind again. Help me, Lord, that that pain 
and that hurt in my heart will be healed, so I will not take matters into my own hand, but, Lord, that I will leave it in your capable hands. Lord, I thank you you are with me. I thank you you will keep me from all harm, and you will protect me from doing something foolish and something stupid for which I will have to pay the price later. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this message. And thank you, Lord, you will make all things wonderfully well for me. I bless your name and I glorify you. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 